0: all right hey y'all it is grab your wallet time uh we've been having fun doing this show we love you guys for supporting us those of you that don't support us patreon.com is where you go give us the money to get us to these people or beers to these people so we can interview them and john's got some t-shirts so that's on steal slash merch check that out either way thanks for playing along can't believe we get away with this every week monday at five
1: Ended weekly discussion about beer over beer by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much.
0: All right, hey, y'all, it's five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. And I'm John Hall. Hey, John
1: Hall. Tell
0: me about hey. a week of gin drinking.
1: I'm going down the shore tomorrow morning, and I'm going to spend a week being less worried, less stressed than usual, uh, and drinking a lot of gin and probably some cream ale.
0: Interesting. Interesting. This is, this is the summer of cream ale, after all. Um, let us say hello to Kennedy and Cass. What's up, you two? Hello. hello. Yo, Cass, are you back
1: on the uh, the lower forty-eight?
2: Yeah, it took me a whole week to get reacclimated to uh, East Coast time, but uh, I'm good. And, I'm good
1: now. Yeah, and just my ties at uh, at your beck and call.
2: <laughs> oh my God, so good! I'm about to drink pina coladas and my ties throughout the afternoon here today to just keep
0: the vibe going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's introduce our accomplice, George David Hey, How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the pod. Thank you for joining us. Um, before we started this recording, lost me and brought me back in. And before that, you were telling us you are writer at large for VinePair these days. Is, did I remember that right? After all my technical difficulties,
2: you nailed it. You went to the event horizon and back, but you uh, okay. you, you managed to recall my title. Yeah, that's right. I'm a I'm a writer at large with VinePair. Um, I contribute beer coverage for them, uh, and that's been going on since January.
0: Right on. And you were formerly with Thrillist or also still writing for Thrillist?
2: No, I'm not still writing with Thrillist. I've been writing about the beer business for about a decade. I started at Thrillist. um, I I started as like an editorial intern at Thrillist way back when uh, and just kind of never left for seven and a half years. Uh, And yeah, so I started writing there uh, more features style stuff, but I went freelance in 2018 um, published stuff with the New York Times, HuffPost, Fast Company, uh, Splinter, which is no longer in operation, but was oh, a great yeah, website while it was. Since, right? yeah. Uh, yeah, so just kind of racking up bylines uh, wherever people will pay me. And lately, uh, one of the one of the outlets that's decided to pay me is VinePair, and we thank them for it.
0: Right on, especially these days. Um, It's nice to meet somebody who's written for the New York Times. I hear that's really hard to do, and I wish I knew more people that that could say they had done that. Um, (laughs) If only one of them was on the call. Yeah, (laughs) but alas. Yeah. I mean, Justin, get on that, man. Come on. Baiting baiting John Hall with the old gray lady is one of my favorite things to do. Um, So let's talk about, so it's nice. You're, um, although... Justin didn't write anything about you, which is exactly the way we expect the show to go. He did send links. And I was just reading your piece about BrewDog. And the most exciting thing about you just used the the event horizon. I saw, you know, we all know that the absolute best coverage of what's going on in the beer world is orchestrated and handled by Alex Kidd in the form of memes and TikToks. And I had seen a meme go by a couple of weeks ago about the owner of BrewDog getting his $2 million, no matter what happened to the American shareholders, which didn't make sense to me other than the fact that I know they have some kind of scheme. And then, beautifully, steal the Spirit delivers to my lap your article about BrewDog. And I was like, oh, that's what that meme was about a couple of weeks ago. So why don't you tell us about your article about them? And then I'd like to hear from you because you reference... Um, SAM, the stock S-A-M, as a, you know, a good litmus or a good benchmark. And we saw their blow up since your article came out a couple weeks ago. So I'm wondering if you've had any new thoughts since writing that article since it's so near term.
2: Yeah, let's get into it. Um...
0: Dig in, baby. Let's go
2: the uh the meme you're referring to i think it was a screenshot i saw that too it was a screenshot from uh i think you should leave season 2 uh i don't know if you guys are in on that show i've i've enjoyed it that particular uh sketch was uh what's the catchphrase cosmic gumbo i think he keeps trying to say um okay. Great, great episode, great show. Highly recommend. It. It's on Netflix. Anyway, that was uh "Don't Drink Beers" uh, uh, meme about Brewdog. I don't know if he was specifically referencing my story or just definitely, kind of the, the, definitely. The, yeah, you're 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 very certain of that.
0: <laughs> I I mean, it, it would often it would, wrong, always confident. Uh, often wrong, always confident. It would be totally perfect to translate all I just read of your article into that meme for him. Like, that's yeah. that's like that's his his forte in the world is to do that. So I'm nothing, proud. nothing anyway. makes nothing makes
2: me feel better as a journalist than uh, distilling four months of work <laughs> into exactly. a single fleeting uh, piece <laughs> of Internet. Flotsam. Um, so I'm glad we tickled your fancy, Augie. Uh, so
0: Please. But I was glad to have the backstory on the meme all of a sudden. Thank you to the show and everybody who made that happen. Anyway, so go on, let's talk about it. What is that? What do you see there? What's going on there? What's interesting um, other than just the normal guy who is a giant, um, you know, head of a corporation, taking money out of that corporation every way possible while claiming to be in the interest of its shareholders.
2: Sure. So BrewDog, uh, you know, Scottish company started 2007, um, you know, they have since expanded to become the biggest craft brewer in Europe. Um, they made the Brewers Association's uh, uh, sales volume leaderboard in 2020. I think they clocked number 41. Um, they have a subsidiary that operates in Australia and they've been selling beer in Asia since I think like 2013 or so. And they're aiming to build a brewing plant in uh, somewhere in Asia, maybe as soon as 2022. So these are uh, this, this is a, this is a big company, right? Like this is a, uh, a multinational craft brewing company and they make, uh, they make a lot of money and they, and they brew a lot of beer. Um, they also, as anyone who's listening to this, uh, very, you know, beer centric podcast probably, uh, can attest. They also make a lot of headlines, right? Like they, they court controversy, uh, pretty deliberately, it seems, um, into great effect. Uh, they've, they're very, in my opinion, very savvy and sophisticated marketers, uh, and understand how to sort of generate those headlines and how to, you know, generate narratives about their business um, and about their you know, professed ideology as, uh, quote unquote punks. Um, you know, like that's, that's kind of their thing is, is being, you know, renegade punk brewers. They have what they call an anti-business business business model. That's a direct quote. Um, (laughs) you know, so they've got a, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, Yeah. Pace yourself, Augie. Truth is dead. Truth is dead. Anyway, go on. We've got a long way to go before we sleep, so I don't want you to get all your chuckle pants uh, That was so,
0: pretty funny though. Anti-business business model. Go no. on, fuck yourself. Anyway, go on. Send your uh, <laughs> send your
2: regards to uh to Aberdeen care of Brewdog. Mm. Um but uh you know, so th- they very effectively position themselves to rank and file drinkers uh in the UK and in Europe and more recently in the US um as sort of uh keepers of the flame, so to speak, you know, these swashbuckling outsiders who are uh here to redefine um you know how the business works and take down the big boys and tropes that I think we all um or many of us were skeptical of five years ago and and have only become more skeptical of uh in the in the ensuing uh you know five years as last decade came to a close and, and the landscape continued to shift. Um but one, tropes that are nevertheless, like, extremely resonant to the certain um, demographic that they're targeting. And they target those people in a couple different ways. The traditional marketing, they want you to buy their beer, obviously. Uh, they've launched various, like, media uh, ventures. Like, they had a show on short-lived uh, Esquire TV. I don't know oh, if you yeah. guys were—you guys remember Esquire TV, mm-hmm. the, you know. No. I, I,
0: I do not. <laughs> The was, noted, i know at, at some point show. they had a show yeah what? the noted
2: noted hotbed of uh, of television innovation esquire tv um mm-hmm that's no longer around but BrewDog had the two founders james watt and and martin dickey had a show on esquire tv they then went on to launch their own streaming network uh you like the brew dog streaming network that at one point i think they were trying to sell subscriptions to but no one wanted the subscription so now it's like a free uh yeah it's a free perk and it's a free perk uh of if i'm not mistaken um the the thing that I focused on in my investigation for VinePair, Pair, uh, which is their equity for punks program. And right. so, <laughs> the, yeah, swish that around in your mouth, like a, like a fine wine, that phrase equity <laughs> for punks there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and try to, try to reconcile the inherent contradictions. Um, but, you know, equity for punks for you know, strip away all the marketing, what it is is an equity crowdfunding program. So what that means is, you know, Kickstarter, for example, will sell, uh, you can contribute to someone's project and you may get a tote bag or a you know free six pack in, in the case of a brewery or whatever, when the project comes to fruition, right? You're getting right. Re- rewards. Um, equity crowdfunding is that same idea, but instead of getting rewards or in addition to getting rewards in BrewDog's case, you're also getting shares in the company. You're getting equity, right? So BrewDog launched this equity for punks program as um, you know, in 2009, first of all they they, they lied uh, to a bank, I think in 2008 or so to get a loan for them to like first fulfill like their first big contract with a UK supermarket. And that's documented and I didn't I didn't break that news. That was uh, I think came out in like 2016 or so. and that was one of the little like anecdotes that they peppered into their, you know, saga to make them, selves seem you know more more like outlaws yeah. more, Extra more like punk-ish. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly and you know take it with a grain of salt maybe it's true maybe it's just lore but whatever the case may be a year later they needed more capital and um they chose to uh seek that capital they they chose to raise that capital through the equity for punks program so this was efp1 um and it was a crowdfunding program that uh they basically they went out and asked their fans to pony up for shares they said we're a fast-growing brewery you should buy in you can own a part of the brewery uh and you know control like our you know you can have input in our decisions and and you know be a part of this thing and they raised an enormous amount of money from it i mean i think i'm almost a million dollars uh in the first outing um obviously that was in british pounds but um you know, a, a substantial amount of money in 2009 um, or really any any time I would like almost a million dollars. Uh, give it to me. Um, yeah. And EFP was off and running and and they've done, I think, 11 of these uh, so far. And they've raised uh conservatively. My estimate based on my reporting and research uh, shows that they have raised somewhere north of 100 million dollars U.S. Uh, in in the last uh, uh, 10 years or so.
0: Good for them. I remember. So it's funny is what I liked about your article. So, so I used to work on wall street. So, you know, when something like that happens, it gets, you know, news coverage in the form of Bloomberg and stuff. And I remember when they did it, it was drawn to my attention. I remember reading it. I remember that somehow, however they'd structured the model would have made it an illegal offering in America. Like, you know what I mean? Like whatever I read and whatever they could do in Great Britain and those trading situations would have made it an illegal offering here. Um, and that was that first round, and then I never really paid attention to the only other two things I ever remember about Brew Dog is they, you know, somehow force Fed a ferret a bottle and served it and stole it's not, the it's not
1: totally accurate, but yeah. You're 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 like in the neighborhood,
0: and stole the alcohol as fuck moniker from some, I don't know, Etsy person and ran with it. Um, But when I was reading your article, they're now doing this in America, right? So there's got to be some other form of issuance because that original issuance wouldn't have worked here. So what are they doing here in America now? That's the focus of your article, right? I was unaware they'd started this.
2: Yeah, that's right. So in 2016, um, they signal BrewDog PLC, which is the the Scottish parent company signals that they're going to expand to the US right and mm-hmm. to do that they create a subsidiary dog USA incorporated i think is the, is the name of the uh the the child company um and in the reason that they're able to launch an equity for punks uh program in the US in 2016 is because four years prior in 2012 congress passed uh what was known then i think is what was it called the jobs act um okay and basically what this did um believe that allows them to do it's called regulation a um whatever the the terminology is the gist of it is that congress newly yeah regulation A, um newly allows companies to sell equity to uh non-institutional investors right directly without going through um without going through a broker without going through an exchange so this is done under the guise of uh allowing uh mom and pop um investors to participate in the uh stratospheric growth of startups right like uh, right if 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 you're some random investor and you want to you know buy into um some hot new like tech you know fund or tech company that your son works at um and they want to sell you the shares but they don't list on an exchange you know, like you should still be allowed to buy in.
0: Right. You shouldn't have to be an accredited investor to exactly. in, a, in a, you know, pre public offering.
2: And so that sounds good, right? And that's, that's kind of like the best case scenario. And, and there's, you know, probably some non bullshit case about democratizing, you know, finance, uh, uh, financing oper- yeah. or trading, right? Like you, you, there's probably some case to be made there. But, you know, if you, if you want to approach it more cynically, which is, typically my posture when I hear someone making all this money, um, it it also opens up the potential for uh, uh, bad actors who understand the system better than non-institutional investors like Joe Schmo down the street Mm -hmm. who can put together really sexy prospectuses and make this shit look slick and package it up really well and sell shares in a company that um, the, the, the average investor should not and cannot be expected to properly evaluate the the worth of, and yeah. so that brings us to uh, more or less, um, BrewDog USA's offering. They're allowed Perfect. to do it; it's totally legal, but yep. you know, it's it's a little bit hard to parse, and that's what I try to do in the piece
0: understood uh let's put a pin in that right there and come immediately back to it so you don't have beers to taste with us typically on the show you'd be tasting with us we do have beers to taste though and it is kind of what we do so we have to do it we will run through it quickly though because justin has made it super simple anyway what brings us together on steel this beer is a candid conversation a beer what it is and not what we thought it would be what we're tasting and not what we wanted to taste to facilitate that john and i drink blind out of opaque black glasses Justin has mailed us tinfoil obscured beers and in classic Justin style he is launched with a 16 ounce can of Pilsner. Yeah. Um, it's a nice it's a little. It's a little sweet for me for what it's doing, right? Like it's it's like yeah, it's just a little bit sweet. It's not the yeast is super crispy boy and the malt bill is a touch hells if you will. Um, but it is a nice clean lager. It's definitely not in the way of anything. I'm not getting any corner paper. I am loving drinking it. And I am happy with it as a first beer of the day at just past noon on a Saturday. Yeah. Mr. Hall.
1: Yeah. The only thing that I'll I'll add to that as far as the grain build, there's something that's sort of like that husky grain. Um, like more of that, yep. I don't know, like small maltster type type grain where it's not quite as processed as maybe some of the larger malt houses or something like that. There's, there's just a little bit of that, you know, extra gritty graininess uh, on the back of this, but it's.
0: It, as a it's, side note between you and I, Yeah. Uh-huh. this is not the first time you've given me this note in our recent tastings together. And I uh-huh. think if I study it. And we could actually follow through on some of these, I suspect you have a weird tune into american malts versus european malts and i don't know enough to identify why or how that would be yet but i'm now interested in it because it tastes Um. decidedly american malt to me but it doesn't taste husky but that's like the fourth time i've thought that when you say the word husky um including some of my beers i use yeah. Hillary's malts on, so mm-hmm. so now I'm gonna have to figure out what the fuck it is, so I can better have this conversation in the future. Okay, is that I'll a fair thing to that. say? I yeah. like when you say husky. Just do me a favor every time we're drinking together, and you have a husky note. Say husky I'm and just don't change say it, husky. because I want to see what I can learn about those beers after the fact. <laughs> okay, um and I don't mean husky like where I had to shop when I was 12. I mean like. I, the, the endosperm of a grain, yes. Um, okay, so we all agree this is a grill, it's a very, bar. very yeah, sunny Saturday, person. July fun. I'd happily have a cooler full of these for a day of drinking, yeah. Um, and another reason not to buy American macro lagers. This oh, is fucking delightful, Justin. And if it's Miller Lite, I'm gonna kill myself. It's have not, you, opened I have just, you opened it? I just, I just on, opened open it, it,
1: and it's and it's Justin. Playing full into his very Justinness, straight Justin
0: unbrand. This is a oh, three... Jesus, Justin. I, I wait, is it it, wait, is it wood fermented? It's not. It's not. But wait, is this ten percent alcohol? Is that what that means? 10... No, ten degrees Play-Doh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I so was it's, like... three, it's three. It's three point nine. Nice. Okay, four. that's fine. And that's it's, fine uh, right. It's a It's Czech malt, Czech Pilsner malt. So it's not from from Czech. Yes. We know that? Okay. Yes. Well, there you go. So okay. there's one of my one of my theories immediately blown right up. Hmm. Yep. Say okay. straight to me. Uh good. It's threes, right? I'm just looking yeah. at the can. Yes. Yeah, it's got yeah. it. Threes That's brewing it. your is what they call it. It's a 10-degree Play-Doh Czech Pilsner, uh, all Czech ingredients, Saz hops, and Moravian floor malted Czech Pilsner malt. Are they keeping that same graphic and just changing the color and the name of the beer on all yeah. these pilsners? Yep. Okay. Yep. So I was like, I looked and I was like, oh, it's threes. And then I was like, wait a second. A it's lot fleet, of people but use... it's black and gray. Yeah. 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 It's Vleet, but in other colors. Okay, perfect. Nice job, Justin. And you, you gotta worry when you're becoming a cliche, dude. Like I, I, like I can't help myself. I see a new Pilsner one to like... open is one thing, but threes pilsner to open. <laughs> come on, dude. Like it's this is hack meat at this point. Are so you there. getting um, do, you get, do you get kickbacks?
1: variations right, of
0: so, a name. no i pay full price for these come on no the patreon patreon price price for for thank you patreon <laughs> thank you <Patreons. laughs> um yeah the, one of the many things our patreons are doing for society is supporting 14 cans of beer in brooklyn new york as it a, as a feasible business model as long as you know justin um <laughs> anyway so when we put a pin in our conversation we were at the american The Americans right to invest outside the banking system somehow being the thing that made what was illegal for the punks to do um the punks were you know 15 years ago in Europe they can now do here it sounds like it sounds like maybe they did what I asked just to clear up what I asked was what changed what had they changed To now be allowed to do it in America. And it turns out it's what did we change for them to be allowed to do in America, which is already an interesting thing. Thank you. But let's get back to that. So the punks are looking to get into American business and they offer American stock and people start buying it. And
2: yeah, that's right. So, you know, they, they signal that they're going to come to America in 2016. Um, and they actually start operating here in 2017. And they start doing the Equity for Punks program here in the US. Um, they're not as successful, uh, but they still, you know, they're, they're an ocean away from their home territory. And the brand doesn't, you know, uh, hasn't translated like, one-to-one here in the U S but they still have uh, they still are able to raise uh, a ton of money doing the equity for punks program here uh, here in America. So they establish uh, headquarters and outside of Columbus, Ohio.
0: That's where they have that hotel.
2: Yeah. They build a, they build like a a beer hotel. They have a brewery. Uh, They have, I think six or so, uh tap rooms scattered throughout Ohio and maybe one in there's one in Indianapolis um and you know they they reap the benefit of Ohio's very pro-business uh posture uh in the form of you know tax breaks that they receive uh for establishing uh fucking job creation uh business (laughs) um I don't I don't have the numbers handy, but they're, you know, we're talking a few million dollars here from from the from the taxpayers, the great state of Ohio, uh, for James Watt and Martin Dickey to uh, export their brand of Scottish punk uh, brewing to to the American heartland. So, thank you to everyone in Ohio for underwriting this enterprise.
0: But uh, Ohio.
2: Yeah, Ohio, baby, go Bucks. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so they you know they they touch down and uh, they they're conducting these crowdfunding uh, operations basically to the tune of one per year. Um, you know, sometimes they they extend one and it runs longer than it was supposed to. Sometimes you know they have is that uh,
0: because it's not selling.
2: Yeah, typically what you'll see them do is either it's selling extremely well, um and they want to basically keep it seems like they want to keep the momentum going um because people are still throwing money at them, why turn off the spigot? Um or in the case that that typically happens in the UK, um it happened in the most recent round in the UK, which I believe is still going on. Um you know, they've raised upwards of 30 million Pounds in the UK just in this latest round. Um,
0: now, how much of this? And I understand that your reporting is on the American and from the reality for the investors' point of view. But there's a couple of things here that you know I've just kind of taken for granted are cultural differences in the uk verse here like like you're saying it didn't work here and i'm sure they could make the argument that it didn't work here because they didn't start it 10 years ago
2: no 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 no. They, it's not that it didn't work here it absolutely is
0: but it didn't here work here. as well i guess yeah, it wasn't that's true, such yeah. true but I, I i guess where i'm going here is you know well let's just start at the basic thing like as a kid who spent all of the 80s skateboarding and listening to music that was identified as punk, I was always suspect of anybody that identified as punk. If you call yourself a punk, that was the least punk thing you could do. Right. It's and a catch point Right. Yeah. But and the fact that these guys have gotten away with this for h- however many years they've done it, I always thought as like a a just a difference in the British approach to that word. Right. Like there's a lot of words we have here, they have there that have a totally different impact. Uh one being the most obvious, I'll ignore it because it's so obvious. But you know what I mean? I was like, oh, they just must think it's a different thing than I did. Lori, exactly. <laughs> um, like here it's a nice young woman, and there it's a truck. Um <laughs> but but you know what I mean. Like, like I've just always said, Oh, it's a cultural difference, and then you know, like if you could like what who makes spotted cow, like those guys. New Glarus. New Glarus. Glarus. Yeah, but if Newglaris had done this same scheme at that same time in their state, they'd have probably had this level of exuberance there. And that's how I view this going over in Great Britain, right? Much smaller pool, very local pride and realizing they're probably never gonna get a return on this investment, but you know, branding themselves, having their own kind of multi-global national beer thing right at the time best went out of business. Am I wrong on that? Did you do any research on that? Is there any credibility to that? Is it just me not understanding British culture or is there anything to that before we get back to the subtle differences for America?
2: You got a couple things going on here and I think they're like some of them are relevant and germane to this conversation. Some of them we kind of have to toss out just because they're a can of worms that you don't really want to open and it would be way outside the scope. Is it punk for... Someone to build a business around being punk. I mean, on its face, no, right? It's an inherent contradiction. Everything I understand. What's that about, store in
0: the mall? Hot topic.
2: Sure. You right? know what I mean. Hot like, topic. Nothing, Spen- Spencer's game. Nothing getting, is less punk yeah, than, than buying
0: your leather shit at Spencer's.
2: Sure. Exactly. Okay. So, so so we can accept on its face, and I think it's fine to sort of stipulate on this that you know BrewDog as a quote unquote punk uh, uh, craft brewer has a foundational you know. Cultural contradiction at its core right I'm not particularly interested in that I don't care that much about litigating whether or not Brewdog is punk to me that's a quagmire And it's one that's not particularly useful To examine uh, certainly not At length because you just kind of Find yourself pawing around for bedrock that doesn't exist, right? Who says what punk is? To your point, like it's sort of a rhetorical uh, Chinese finger trap. Like, so for me to come out and say you're By the way, punk- I'm
0: loving your metaphor. I don't want to let that go by. I mentioned keep going, but I'm loving all your metaphors. Keep going.
2: I aim to please, uh, <laughs> You're nailing it,
0: buddy. Yeah. Can so pay attention.
2: <laughs> uh, so that to me was not very interesting. I do think that you're not wrong to say like. It 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 should inspire a raised eyebrow uh from anyone either in the UK and the US or anyone who has even a passing understanding for you know the notion of punk culture and counterculture more generally, to see commerce being done under the banner of punk, right? That's that's suspicious on its face. But we can't ignore the fact that they've had a lot of success doing commerce under that banner. And that's the that's the perspective that I came at the piece from is less about like, is this punk and more about like, how does this work? Actually? We know it happens to your point. Like you read about it once and you're like, yeah, I guess these guys like do this shit, you know, like, and you know, like it it, it seems to work for them. Like I kind of roll my eyes, but whatever I go on with my day. Well, that's the exact sort of question that like interests me as a journalist. Right. Is like, and that was the question that I found myself asking is like, it seems grifty. It seems like a scam, but I don't actually know that it is. And, you know, I bet you a lot of other people don't know that it is or how it works either. And so that's what I set out to to report on. And the, that's why I took the angle I did. Like financial filings and, and public records are black and white in a way that uh, uh, thing, you know, the, the, the disparity between things that are punk and things that are not punk is hopelessly gray. Yep. So with that in mind, uh, fuck you know, punk, not punk. And let's talk about, if you don't mind, yeah. uh, let's talk about what the actual offering is, right? Right. And what they're pitching to American investors. And to understand the context on this, you need to go to 2017 when uh, BrewDog PLC, the Scottish parent company, sold approximately 22% of its uh, of its company to TSG Consumer Partners, one of the biggest, most sophisticated consumer package goods private equity firms in the world. Right? TSG. Uh, they bought into um, uh, Sweetwater. They just had an exit from Sweetwater not too long ago, down in Atlanta. Uh, they brought uh, what the fuck is that? Uh, wine company Ducktown, I want to say Duck Duck something.
0: Uh, I don't know.
2: It, whatever. It's a supermarket brand, but it's it's very powerful and is is on the rise. You know, carving share from Yellowtail. Um, they they had a successful exit with them. They manage about $10 billion worth of assets. Like these, these guys are heavy hitters and they know what they're doing, right? right. And they bought into BrewDog for 22% at uh, about two hundred thirteen pound, two uh, 213 million pounds. And so BrewDog turns around and says, if you do the math out on this valuation, 22% of the business for 213 million pounds means we are worth a billion pounds in 2017. And they go out and they fundraise against that. And they say, buy in now. You know, I'm paraphrasing here, but the pitch is buy-in now because TSG knows what they're doing. They just said we're worth a billion dollars. We're growing at this insane rate. <laughs> early <laughs> investors, early investors
1: who bought in. the her, giddiness that you have right now, Augie. This is fun. Uh,
2: yeah. I'm, well, glad vid- the- I'm glad video is off. I don't want to see what well, I'm oh, yeah, up no. to over
0: there. <laughs> Quick, well, quickly, before before I sidetrack anything, John, you're right. But, but you know that they didn't buy common stock. Well I know so you, that. You, yeah. But but what I'm saying is everybody has to know that that you can't say one stock is worth an exact reference to another type of stock. Right? Preferred stock has a different value ratio. And you can say that company's worth, what did they pay? 213 million pounds. pounds, I can say that that company's worth 214 pounds and one guy owns 213 million of it because of his preferred stock status. And that if he sold, there'd be nothing left to buy. But anyway, go on. I'm sorry. I'm just laughing because doing an exact five times 213, you know. Well, you're stealing my fucking punchline
2: is what you're doing.
0: Star- well, I wasn't trying to. John pointed out why I was giggling. I was giggling because I know the punchline. Anyway, go Justin, on. Justin, cut on. all of this. Just, <laughs> cut, cut, <laughs> <adjust> it. <laughs> Take it all out. But go on. So, so all no, I'm saying, A- John, A- Auggie is, is, is 213 times five is not what that company's worth unless all of the stock is 100% that stock. Go so on. So
2: you're absolutely right. So, Augie, you're heading me off of the pass here. And I will point out, and this is important, and I think we need to draw this out. Augie, you said you used to work on Wall Street. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like you already have more financial literacy than, you know, the vast majority of people in the world. And certainly that should apply to the people who are uh, potentially considering buying BrewDog stock. So good (laughs) for you. You solved the puzzle uh, or at least you (laughs) solved part of it. And I don't think, you know, I still think it's material to discuss. The terms of the deal, because there's not a lot of reporting on what I mean, like, if you look at the contemporary press reports, it's all just fucking blowjobs. Like there was a like a piece in entrepreneur magazine about like, they delivered a 23,000 or 2300% return for early investors, like, well, kind of like early investors were allowed to sell up to 40 shares, right? And, you know, or 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 15 percent of their holdings, whichever was fewer. And so some of those early investors in BrewDog PLC were able to cash out some of their uh, some of their position. And I believe
0: quickly in my head, let me ask you a question quickly in my head. And I could be wrong here. I'm not doing the math. But if they were capped at 15 percent of their position at 2000 percent, it sounds like they got out what they put in and were capped at that. Right. If you bought. 10 million shares for whatever, and you sold 15% of those at a 2000 markup, you're about flat on your original investment with still some equity in the company, right?
2: Yeah, I think that more or less checks out. And that's kind of the point I'm trying to make. It's like, yeah, yeah. On, on those shares, you got that return, but not on your position, right? right. Like your yeah. cost basis on your position uh, is dictated by once you cash the whole thing. Out and how
0: money. long do those people hold that?
2: So they were holding, you know, so, if they bought in an EFP one, that would have been 2009. So they're in for eight years. I mean, a twenty three hundred percent return over pretty much any amount of time is fucking astronomical, but it's yeah. misleading to claim it's a twenty three hundred percent return. And it's we'll only a
0: twenty three hundred percent return if you cash out your entire investment of that exact deal, which you weren't allowed to do. So it isn't go on. That's
2: that's exactly right. Um. So, the, you know, the way they're marketing this and this is an official press releases from BrewDog at the time. Um, you know, they're they're saying, you know, the, these early investors got these tremendous returns. Brewdog publishes this chart showing, depending on which EFP round you bought in, here's the percentage uh, of growth that you, the percentage of your gain, right? And any of these, I mean, we're talking about uh, triple digits or quadruple digit return, percentage returns. So any of these are market beating returns many times over, right? So they look really fucking good. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's really attractive. And, um, you know, James Watt, in a quote, um, in that, in that, uh, statement, um, says, you know, this is, I want to find the exact quote here. Um, you know, this is a valid validation of, uh, Brewdog's quote, democratized financing model. Um, and then he says, Quote our equity punks now own a part of an independent business that has attracted an awesome partner who will help grow their investment even further. Close quote. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, you know, I bet you the lawyers okayed that, and I bet you it wouldn't hold up in court. But what does that mean to you? Because to me, if I yeah. put on my dipshit hat, that means shit. I better buy in now because we're about to make a lot more money.
0: Right. Right. So take take, take your take. Get long. Don't sell. Right. Don't take that additional. Any. Anyway. Oh boy. But you, it's a, important here to point out that there is no doubt that the person who did see, forget sweat equity, but the person who did see that 2,700% or greater return on his initial investment were the two guys that are now saying it's good for everybody.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, one of the overarching themes here is that like Watt and Dicky are going to are going to make their money. Right. And like they already in the TSG deal in 2017, they took a bunch of risk off the table. They cashed out. I was trying to do the math out and we, I tried to back into it. And it looks like between 30 and 40 million pounds per, uh, per founder. I think Watt earned a little bit or, you know, gained a little bit more off of that sale. So they still are majority uh, equity holders in the company. They're the majority shareholders. Um, And they're
0: already 40 million pounds. So $80 million to the better.
2: Right, yeah. exactly, and they still control the entire
0: company, right? Because that's amazing. Their, their shares is, combined. They, they are talented. Like they are definitely very good at financial instruments. There's no that, doubt about that.
2: Yeah, and you know, just to just to have a little fun here, is that punk? I don't know. I mean, like, is it is it punk to be extremely literate in the Byzantine workings of international finance and private equity? I'm not sure. Like, well, what's
0: funny? What's funny is I'm I'm very much enjoying where you're taking this talent, how well you're fleshing it out for us. So I don't want to sidetrack it. But what stuck out to me having, like I said, given the article, a a quick read this morning was that one of these two guys has set up an annuity that seems completely outside the bounds of whether or not. So what looks to me like is going to happen is this other group is going to put all the debt into the American company, sell the British company, take billions of dollars out, fuck both all these equity for punks guys, and have happily done like a very punk Gordon Gecko greed is good move. <laughs> but, but the one of the two owners has completely set himself up with an undying annuity that lasts about his expected life expectancy in the form of rents on properties. And You point out very carefully, and this is what really grabbed my attention, where I was interested just as a the fuck thing, is it's not illegal. It's like like when you set up all your trucks as a truck rental company and rent them from yourself because you can write off the cost of renting, but you can't write off the cost of owning, right? It's just the way businesses are structured. He's done that with a property thing, but somehow he's managed to carve himself out of all these common holders he's been bilking for millions a year for 10 years and this private investment group and even his own partner. So that's where I was like, why is this guy get this liberty? Why is nobody babysitting? That fact is where I was interested in the story. But like I said, I don't want to derail you. So can you steer yourself from where we are towards that answer for me?
2: For you? Anything. Yeah. Sure. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Yeah. John, do you have any requests no? Yeah.
0: john just wants to hear me giggle nefariously a little more (laughs) Um,
1: no i i i'm i've been a long fan of dave's work so just hearing all of this is uh yeah yeah it's good stuff it's definitely good stuff
2: um so so the the headline on the tsg deal are you kind of jumped it earlier is that they didn't buy Common shares. They bought preferred, uh, they bought a a preferred class of share called uh, preferred C. And those were sold at an average price of like 13 pounds in change, which was like a 45% discount off of the shares that Brewdog was selling at retail at the same time as they did that deal. Um, Since then, the share price has gone up. It's currently like 25 pounds in the UK and about $60 in the US. But the, the most important thing about TSG shares uh, is not that discount. Um, it's that they carry with them a guaranteed 18% compound annual return. Um, so, <laughs> so TSG is guaranteed 18% uh, in any liquidity event rolling. compounding rolling exactly in any liquidity event that could be an IPO sure it could also be a fucking bankruptcy it doesn't matter tsg is first or his last money in first money out and their position is growing at an 18% clip That, I mean, it's basically functioning like debt, right? It's like, it looks like convertible debt. It is a bond. If Um, if there's
0: an 18% coupon, it's a bond.
2: And, you know, I I spoke with private equity uh, uh, analysts who have expertise in the global brewing industry and value both private and public companies. And all of them confirmed that, you know, like the structure of that deal itself isn't unusual, but the 18% coupon is bananas. Um, This says
0: to me, this says to me, and I could be wrong, that they were in a lot of trouble do well, they have, right. Do Take they a couple. Have, of, like that's a deal you make. That's a deal you make when you have an you know an, an unannounced original sweetheart investor who's like, if I don't get paid tomorrow, I own the whole company.
2: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. You know that is that is beyond the scope of my reporting that I'm able to confirm for sure. Okay. But it, it's not too much of a hop, skip, and a jump to say this is not an attractive deal it doesn't look good for shareholders. Uh, It doesn't really look good for the company's like growth prospects um, because who's gonna beat out 18% growth into perpetuity. So the question that one might ask and that I asked BrewDog uh, in my reporting is why would you take this deal? Because what it looks like is you had no other access to capital and you were forced to take bad terms. I'm not saying that's for sure the case, but it's one possible explanation for why you take this deal. And that does not bode well for uh, the shareholders. So uh, TSG's position, you know, is kind of the elephant in the room, right? Like it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. And in simple terms, if BrewDog PLC doesn't grow, doesn't beat out that growth, um, it will start to fall behind on its responsibility to, to, to TSG. And, to make good on that, whenever they IPO, if they IPO, because it's not a sure thing, um, right. they will have to dilute other shareholders. And
0: Well, this is not to not to make this a stock reporting show, but essentially that's what happened to SoftBank and MySpace, right? Or whatever that WeWork thing was. Like, yeah,
2: it's it's similar to a WeWork situation, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, I'm sure, a ton of nuance in anyone who, like, understands private equity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm
0: not, I'm, just, I'm only talking about strokes, but that's, that's what's going on here, right? Like, they needed the money to, it sounds to me, if there isn't some secret guy who got to own the company unless he was paid, then I think your conjecture is probably the more accurate, which is they were trying to get to this IPO and trying to look as best as they could on paper for the IPO, and because of COVID, they've fallen behind on that. Like there's no, there's no way they, they make good on that deal.
2: Yeah. I mean, by the end of this year, TSG, they're on the hook to TSG for I think about 420 million pounds. Um, you know, they're, wow. they're claiming, they claim based on their current uh, EFP offering in the UK, they're claiming a $1.85 billion billion dollar billion pound uh, enterprise value. Um, but
0: is that real? Uh, I don't know. It's but only real what? if they IPO there and people pay it. But you're exactly when, right. When but it we doesn't were... matter to TSG because <laughs> yeah, TSG what, only needs exactly. them to be worth
2: four million,
0: <laughs> right? But when we were when we were whatever it is, MySpace, whatever the fuck that fucking company was, they had all these deals in the books too. When when Wall Street finally looked at the books for the IPO to evaluate the IPO, everyone was like, "Oh no, this company's marked all wrong." And they immediately went bankrupt six seconds later after somebody who owned the place had just taken a, you know, 100 million out of it. Yeah. So, so, all right. I get it. I get it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, got you. That's the important piece of the puzzle with regards to TSG. Their position is growing, um, it will continue to grow. And that's a big uh, check that's coming due whenever Brewdog uh, has a liquidity event, right? So right turn your you know, it's possible in the UK if you bought into the PLC the Brewdog PLC that you know if Brewdog has a monster IPO and it happens I mean frothy you know public listings do happen right like people get all fucking mm-hmm, jazzed mm-hmm. about whatever and like um less you know, and
0: less but indeed
2: sure yeah it, it is at least plausible to imagine that might happen um then UK shareholders may Remain whole and may even make a little bit of return. Now I'm not sure if it would beat the market, but who knows? I mean, this is just a counterfactual, right? right. Um, I will say that if they went public at their current enterprise value, um, they would be valued at about thirty eight hundred dollars a barrel. Um, whereas wow. Sweetwater, which just had the other a- half
0: can sell beer that much, <laughs> yeah,
2: <right>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the four the, that's the uh, the four fifty North coupon. <laughs>
1: yeah would you I, call it an yeah. exploding there's an some, there's some <laughs> other there's some other metaphors in there with 450 north but that's yeah
2: yeah wait a second yeah. we had there's some math issues that's right there was uh there were some reporting issues if yeah. i'm not mistaken
1: yeah yeah
2: um anyway I, i'll point out that the comps some relevant comps that i pulled for the piece in sweet uh sweetwater was acquired by afria incorporated which i think is a cannabis company in 2020 Yeah. Uh, they went for 11.50 now wait, just to,
0: just to keep just to keep my finger on this, because we all know how stupid and short of my attention span is. This is the company this investment group just sold. So this is who they sold it to, and this is the evaluation of that.
2: Yeah, TSG uh, okay, bought okay. Sweetwater. Okay, okay. I just
0: wanted to make sure I was in the right right frame. Go on.
2: TSG exited Sweetwater in 2020. They sold to Afria Incorporated uh, for about 300 million enterprise value. And their barrelage was such that that worked out to be about uh, $1,150 per barrel as a valuation. Dogfish Head in 2019, when they sell to Sam, to Boston Beer Company, they sell for about $300 Their their price per barrel is about $1,000 per barrel, right? $1,000 per barrel. When Constellation buys Ballast Point in 2015, which I mean, we all now have
0: famously fun. good deal. I mean, nobody yeah. lost money on that. Everyone still feels great about
2: it. Uh-
0: <laughs> Sound is a pound, mate. Sound is a pound.
2: <laughs> That's right. Uh, so they they buy uh, Ballast Point for a billion dollars in 2015. They're valued at thirty six hundred dollars a barrel. They would later go on to sell. Uh Dallas uh, Point in 2019 for a reported 100 million dollars so that they literally sold it for dime on the dollar, Um yep. and they they that valuation was still 3,600 dollars barrel, so still 200 dollars per barrel less than what BrewDog PLC is currently valuing itself at, right? So That's this is just none of this shit is lining up, right? And like what you're what you're buying here, if you buy BrewDog, is a growth story. But I don't know, man. Like you guys may be b- more bullish than I am, but like. I'm not buying any growth story coming out of a craft brewer in 2021. I don't care who uh, you are, you know. At like uh,
0: being a craft brewer in 2021, I hate to say I, I would disagree with you. In as much as I could make the case that you could fully expect eight percent growth out of every craft brewery that's doing a good job.
2: Sure, sure, but that's not a growth story.
0: I, mean, <laughs> I, know, if I know, I know, if that's I your know. growth story. <laughs> it's a fucking boring story. You know? <laughs> that's a very boring story. Yeah. I agree, but Jesus, they would. I mean. I'm not saying it's hopeless, but I'm saying it's nothing like what you're saying it needs to be. Well, you- Wow. Fuck me, dude. That's, Well,
2: you brought up Sam earlier in the conversation. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. this is a good way to address this, right? Like we all know Boston beer company has been going fucking gangbusters until very recently. Right. Like they have this,
1: this,
0: right.
2: Yeah. This, this runaway, all of 2020, you know, it was the, it was the truly show. Uh, uh, They have this runaway um, innovation pipeline. They're just, you know, one after the other, after the other with the, with the truly uh, extensions, Um, uh, twisted teas is firing on all cylinders. Angry Orchard. You know, at this point, uh, uh, Sam Adams is I think less than uh, Kate Bernat at uh, Good Beer Hunting was telling me that uh, Sam Adams at this point is is less than 10 percent of Boston beer companies over our portfolio. So they are a flavored malt beverage company um, and they're doing quite well with it. And Wall Street has been lavishing uh, premium on them. Because of that success, right? They they've done a great job, and they just had the the Beam Suntory tie up, which is the more recent piece of news. But yeah, you know, so they are trading at a at a huge premium because of all that success. And if you look at some of the valuation metrics um, of, of of Boston Beer Company and compare them to BrewDog PLC, so like right now, you can make the case that Boston Beer Company's valuation, or at least a month ago when I was publishing this story they had a growth story and wall street was buying that growth story. Right. But wall street, even though they were very excited about Boston beer company's growth, investors were, it was, you know, they were, they were putting a premium on it, but they were putting a premium to the tune of like, you know, it was trading at like six times enterprise value to sales and 32 times enterprise value to EBITDA. Those are big numbers. Now,
0: Here's what BrewDog PLC, roughly but that by the in. way, since then that shit corrected across the board in a day. Absolutely. So, so <laughs> yeah. So we'll get
2: to that. But like at this same time, this is just like a moment in time. In like you know mid mm-hmm. early July when I published this, um, BrewDog PLC was trading at over ten times enterprise value to sales and two hundred and fifty nine times enterprise value to EBITDA. BrewDog wow. USA, remember, this is the subsidiary. It's wholly owned, but it's technically separate, uh, is trading at almost 16 times uh, enterprise value to sales and uh, uh, 1,021 times enterprise value to EBITDA. Um, these are wow. just, I mean, one of the analysts that I spoke to is like, these are just comic, like too high to even talk about realistically. Like, it's just nonsense, right. basically. Yeah, so, but it is nonsense.
0: That's But that goes... Back to the Germain Colonel's story, right? Like none of this was ever real, right? It was buying a t-shirt in the form of a stock certificate that was greatly overvalued. Do you really think the average investor thinks they, the, the average owner of this punk stock, do you have any feel for if that, because here's the worst part. You've turned me you into know, a guy who wants to go buy one of these $60 shares just so I see this news happen in real time. Um, like for me, it's it's definitely $60 interesting to see how this plays out. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, do you think the average guy who got involved in this at any point thought they were doing anything other than buying a t-shirt metaphorically?
2: I think you're carrying water for the company, maybe inadvertently. And I think it's worth like probing that conversation because I don't think that that's the right question to ask. Okay. I think the question to ask is if you want to form a loyalty club, there's a way to do that that has nothing to do with equity, right? You're not right. selling securities in any way. You're off if you're offering shares, like you are yeah. saying that we you, there's an investment in the company. Yes, there are perks that come with it, and maybe you get t-shirts or whatever. And by the way, my reporting shows that the company has struggled mightily to fulfill those perks with a lot of its uh, with a lot of its uh, uh, shareholders. They, they don't like, even send you the fucking t-shirt. People have been waiting on like the specialty beers that they supposedly like were
0: for like two the years. Stuff, two the years. Squirrel, like
2: the squirrel beer, whatever that squirrel beer was. Yeah. yeah the, 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 the rodent beer that may only yeah. exist in your imagination. Yeah. That one. Yes. Um, that one. Yeah. Uh, that was so called like,
1: the end of history, right?
0: I don't know. Yeah. What is that? That was very called Penguin.
1: Hegelian concept.
2: I, actually, mm-hmm. like, isn't the end of history a term about the failures of capitalism? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you know, like, I think the point is like, you know, Augie, it's not so much about like what does the average shareholder believe, because by the way, there are over two hundred thousand of these people globally. Like, I think people buy in for a variety of different reasons at this point. I think huh. what the more important question is like, why do this if you could just do it if you could just raise money some other way and run a loyalty program much more cleanly that has nothing to do with with shares and with with equity, right? Like, I think the if it's
0: you try probably to, a tax dodge.
2: I mean, maybe there's, maybe there are tax benefits right? to it. Maybe, what, what maybe, one,
0: as an investment, they they get to pay on it differently than as a purchase of an item, right? I'm just yeah. guessing, but.
2: But here's, but what about another guess, which is that there are sophisticated capital markets that are going to scrutinize your offering. And then there are unsophisticated capital markets that are drunk in your bar and are delighted by the idea of owning a brewery. Yeah. Which one are you going to go yeah. to if you're looking for $100 million quick?
0: Well, I'm always looking for hundred million dollars quick, and so far I haven't found it in my pocket. Well, so. I direct thee to a BrewDog pub. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carton can do You Think these? I should go there yeah. and try to try to short sell them? I'll just no. I think you should. Uh, you could <laughs> buy BrewDog shares,
2: or you could buy yeah, Carton I think I, <laughs> I,
0: I think no. I actually think I need to buy a BrewDog share because I want to see this reporting as it happens. You've got me. This sounds like it's exciting. Anyway, I've got bad news. This show is supposed to only be forty minutes long. We've blown through that. We didn't even talk about beer too. And I don't even think we're halfway through this story. So we're going to get you that's back a on. first,
1: that's yeah, a we're first.
0: We are going to get you back on um, and keep this going, but we do, we do have to, to kind of close here and I want to leave it kind of hanging for further discussion. Cause I'd like to regroup, learn a little more about this and follow up. If that's cool with you, I'd love to just, we'll have Justin get a second episode of this very soon and we'll do a part two because there's too much to do, but John, we owe it to this beer maker is it me john are you just getting pale ale out of it i'm getting like a weird pale ale but there's like a a
1: weird kind of cocoa dust uh i don't know like herbal kind of there's a lot of various things going on here but like yeah kind of like a pale ale ish my first aromatic note
0: that i thought was interesting was paste you used to eat in kindergarten but that didn't last very long it's like and
1: kind of i don't know
0: then I thought alt beer, but now I'm just kind of landing on small pale ale with not just like mid-90s note. hops.
1: No, I like your alt beer note. Um, there there's something like, like when you said that, I was like, Oh, yeah, this maybe like this has like a reddish hue to it or something like that. Like there's something like that. Mm. Like, I don't know. Um, it's okay. Like it's I'm
0: happy it's- to be sipping it and talking though. It feels small and fun and yeah, I hope not like inconsequential, like a, 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 but, non, but non-consequential. Yeah. what, uh, What is it, Justin? What is it, Kennedy? Uh, so this is a collaboration from two Mexican breweries. One's Baja Brewing Company. The other is La Brew. And it is an ale brewed with dahlia roots, hibiscus flowers, and beet juice. So it, there is a red hue to it. Oh. Mm, there's your color oh, hold dust. on. So wait, <laughs> hibiscus always registers as sour to me, and nothing in this is sour, and I have no fucking idea what that first root was. What did you say? What root? Dahlia root. You know, the dahlia flower is like the national flower of Mexico. Like black dahlia. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I didn't know that. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. All together, plays to me like cascade. Okay. Huh. I got no beet. I'm not drinking. Maybe the guys, beet so fermented know. out. Yeah oh god damn it all right well that's it so john what's a good way to to close this to come back to it because we have to come back to it but we do have to close what what am i what should i do better here as a host that gets us gets
1: us i think this is through the perfect this very interesting fucking story stay and gets tuned dear listeners
0: all right in the meantime if you guys are terrified you'll never hear the answer because we all go broke and can't get back together you should patreon us right Cass?
1: Yeah, Patreon.com/slash steal this beer. Send us those beautiful, beautiful dollars, and we appreciate those that do send us those beautiful dollars. Um, they do go a long way, and uh, they do. They- we're gonna start buying shares of Brewdog now with the Patreon money. <laughs> we have to. Let's buy yeah. a
0: Patreon share of Brewdog. <laughs>
1: Let's do that, and then we're all—all all of us are gonna be in it together. All of the Patreons are gonna be in. Wait,
0: wait. Actually, hold on. Let's ask. Do any of the thieves? Is anybody an equity punk? That'd be interesting. So let's, all right, let's Let's yeah, stop. let's stop. Let's set this up and we'll come back to it. So no, hold on. Put a link to Dave's article on our Facebook page um, so that everybody can read it when we have the follow-up so people are more informed. I will reread it for content. Um, and let's look at what we can learn. But ask the question, does anybody own any shares? Let's see if we can get any feedback there. And we'll have a much more informed conversation. And let's make sure when we do get Dave on this first episode is aired so anybody that wants to wants flesh of what i just steamrolled um can get it is that a fair deal everybody yeah that's Dave, are you uh, all right with that
2: good. sounds good to me
0: cool all right. All, right. all right so that's a plan um i we gotta go we got yeah, we gotta wrap away. this shit. Right. follow
1: us on social medias yo you know where they're at if you listen to this show every week <laughs> can't i can't list them out today so that's thank right. you david. <laughs> Bye. Uh, we get at us, y'all. You.
0: Cheers. thank you and David thank you for the time. We will follow up with this two weeks from today